the past. There used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones en masse. Get it on my stereo right up to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Buff Podcast. My name's Mark Isles. I'm the chief football writer of the Bolton News. This is not a clip show. You know, 60% of the time, the buff works every time. And on the buff this week, transfers, transfers, and more transfers. We've got some new names to talk about. Get your fix. Cheers. We know what's happening and when. We cast an eye on the managerial merry-go-round and ask what it might mean for Bolton Wanderers. And we've got your emails about money and Alfie May. That's all in this week's episode of The Buff, the number one exporter of potassium. All other podcasts produce inferior potassium. Advert time, and hopefully by the time this reaches, you will have uh, launched our brand new podcast exclusively for subscribers of The Bolton News. It's called Stop Press, Bolton Wanderers in the 90s. And as the title suggests, it's all about a brilliant decade of white-hot FA Cup wins and Reebok on the shirt and lofty wearing Elvis costumes. Bruce Riach and, well, Norman as well, I suppose. Uh, the first episode is all about the last days of Phil Neal and even if I say so myself, it is an absolute cracker. So if you want to listen to that, then you can do. All you have to do is subscribe to the newspaper, which at the minute is £3. For your first three months, go to theboltonnews.co.uk backslash subscribe find out what all the other benefits it can bring you. Okay. Three, two, one. Okay, returning from his six-month voyage around the world and looking not unlike Tom Hanks in Castaway, it's Henry Hewitt. Welcome back, Henry. Thank you. Uh, yeah, um, I uh, we were gone for three weeks in the end, tra- driving through France and Spain. And uh, yeah, by the end of it, because my beard grows faster than anything, um, I did look a bit like Tom Hanks, to be honest. <laughs> just the beard, though. The hair stayed the same. <laughs> just like Alexi Lalas, just sort of like drift- <laughs> drifting in the wind as you uh, drive back from Dover. Um, yes, yeah, so good time. Good time had by all. Yeah, it was very good. Um, I mean, you know, France is a beautiful country and, and Spain is as well. And uh, uh, my wife said, uh, she said, listen, she said, I'm not stopping at every football stadium in everywhere we go. You get, you're allowed one. So she gave me one. I chose Bilbao. I chose uh, very well. Uh, but then on the way back, we just happened to pass Real Sociedad's ground. So I got two in the end. Excellent work. Excellent work. Fantastic. Yeah. I love France. I could spend my entire time there, to be honest. Oh, mm. You got me uh, hankering for it. It's Portugal this year for me, though. I'm, I'm going back to Portugal. Not with Wanderers. Uh, ah. Just just the dates don't work very well. They're going away doing the training camp at the start of the season for about four or five days. It's not very long. It's kind of like, is it worth me going over there? These days, I can speak to players just online. It's, uh, yeah. I'm not doing it this year is the bottom line. So don't expect an international diary from me this year. Maybe next year when they start playing games over there. That'd be nice. Um, oh, yeah, that'd be it. Wasn't it last year where the, was it Monaco offered them a game, but they'd already agreed with Atherton Calls or Longridge? Or <laughs> yeah, exactly. They could have stayed <laughs> over there for a bit longer. That, that's what I mean. If, if, if Bolton are playing games, then it's kind of a prerequisite. Obviously, I've got to be there. But really, you know, sat by the sides of a training ground, it, there's only so much I can do. So it's kind of, 
don't worry, I've got a get. I've got a holiday in Portugal, which was going to happen like almost immediately when I returned. So it was going to be a bit of a ball like to say the least. But uh, we will keep in touch. We'll keep on top of everything. Don't worry about that. The wonders of modern technology. And anyway, there is loads to talk about at the moment at Wanderers, as and they've timed it all for when you get back off holiday as well. Yeah, it's brilliant. Even the fixtures, like we said on our, I hope everyone enjoyed our, our mini episode that uh, went through the fixture list. And uh, yeah, said so on there, it's, 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 as if it's as if they've all waited, it's as if the whole Bolton and all the staff and everyone at Bolton has gone on holiday and come back when I come back to announce um, plenty of signings, um, you know, and uh, whatever else they've announced, the back of shirt sponsor and the, the short <laughs> sponsor, the, I don't know, um, the sponsor for Lloyd is Grove's old sock that I've got here. <laughs> the back of short sponsor. There's there's not not a lot more uh, modern football is rubbish than that, really. Um, yeah, my uh, my dad said he said the first ever Bolton shirt I bought was just a plain white shirt. It could have been Bolton, <laughs> Leeds, Tottenham, and that's all I had. And now they've got a back of short sponsor. It's a butt sponsor. Let's be honest. It's a butt sponsor. Um, everybody's butt will be sponsored the same way. And I'm glad they're making money out of it, to be honest. Uh, yeah, you know. You know, we, we all have a look. But anyway, um, <laughs> we've all had a look at the fixtures as well this week. Uh, we're talking just about an hour and a half or so after they've been released. And the excitement of knowing where I'm going to be over the, the next sort of nine, ten months is still kind of coursing around my veins. I'm still trying to get my head around Lincoln away on Boxing Day, Fleetwood away on the 29th of December. Um, but let's talk about the one that everybody is talking about, or, you know, Stockport and Salford in the uh, Papa John's Trophy Group E. Yes, it is. Uh, just to point out that we are talking before the Carabao Cup draw, yeah. so, uh, you know, our uh, we, we can't really go into too much detail about Wrexham away that will be on Sky. Um <laughs> Which is uh, no, I think Wrexham again. We're talking before it, but I'm just Wrexham on Sky will play a Championship team at home. There's my prediction. And if that comes in, then there's questions got to be asked about the EFL and whether they do really warm and cool the balls in the uh, in the famous tub or whatever they do. Um, it's pretty yeah, warm but... in my kitchen, actually. I'm just talking about that. It's, uh, <laughs> it's getting quite uncomfortable doing this podcast. Um, uh, do you know what? I I hope it's uh, Harrogate Harrogate away because that is the only ground that it is possible, uh, as things stand at the minute, for me to get a new ground in if they draw Harrogate away. So if that happens, I'm going to go and put an extra lottery ticket on this weekend as well. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's such an exciting day as, as we speak now on this. Uh, I'm glad they do all the draws. But to go back to the EFL Trophy, we were saying before we were recording, like, they make this big thing about, oh, the, the draw for the EFL Trophy. No one cares which Premier League team we're having. We want to know which EFL team's are yeah. So they've already done that. So, um, yeah, Salford and, and Stockport. Um, I know we're playing Salford away in a, a friendly. I've never seen... I live about 10 minutes from Salford Stadium and I've never seen uh, Bolton play there, obviously. Um, and if I can't get to the friendly, guaranteed that when they do the fixtures, when they make them, you know, properly do them, we'll be playing Salford at home. Uh, so I won't get to go in a competitive match. But... Um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's a good draw, and it's uh, all eyes are on us now because we are the uh, the reigning champions. Mm. Um, tough games, I think both sides 
uh, are good in, in League Two. Um, obviously, we need to get a little bit of revenge on Stockport for the FA Cup. Um, and, and yeah, Salford, we've not lost to them, have we? We've, we've won three times, but um, that would be a tough game. So, uh, so yeah, I think... Um, I mean, what do you think of it? Also, I saw... Um, I saw a few people on Twitter kind of saying, "Well, we've had our run in the Papa John's. We we might as well sack it, sack it off this year." I mean, do you? We've said before about whether they should sack it off, and I guess last year we were proved right that they should actually treat it quite seriously. Um, but uh, should be Bolton be looking at another day at Wembley, or, or do you think right? We've done that now. Let's let's concentrate on the league. That's an interesting one. It's an interesting one because I don't think at any point last season, with the exception of when they'd actually won the final, did I feel that the Papa John's Trophy impacted upon the league at all. Because they're all midweek games and there was only the aftermath of the final where the, the adrenaline and, and, the, and you just felt it took a little bit off performances and, and they actually managed to keep the, the results quite stable in comparison to what they could have been. But the performances weren't quite there. I think we can agree that. And that is the only real downside, I think, to having that cup run last season. I don't think it's in Ian Everts' makeup not to want to win a, a competition he's in. And furthermore, I would like to think he will have a, a squad which is you know, more able to, to rotate and able to cope with a secondary competition this season than he had last season. Um touch wood, that he doesn't have the same issues with injuries that, you know, stretch them thinner a little, a little bit at times. Um, you know, I think they're going for it this year and, and if they're going to go for it, then they need to go for the lot. You know, they need to go for the, the cup runs, the, the league, everything. And if they can go back to Wembley and win, win that trophy again, happy days. I would be more than happy to see that doing because I loved it. It was such a fantastic day. Obviously, league is priority. Obviously, automatic promotion is priority. And if it, you know, push comes to shove and, and it does be, you know, it does start impacting upon form, then maybe yes, you take your foot off the gas. But I think until that happens, they'll go where uh, they'll go hammer, hammer for tongue. Yeah, uh, I think as, as nice as it is, I mean, you never want to see them lose any game. And I think this is it this season. He's Bolton are there to be shot at in this tournament, but. Um, you know, I would love another day at Wembley. Um, I think it was brilliant, and hopefully this year we'll get promoted automatically, so we won't have another day at Wembley unless we have a hell of a cup run. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's yeah. I think we just. I think you're right. I think the squad, and I thought the squad was there last year. He, he'd make five or six changes every game, and we'd still got to the final. So I think it'll be something similar. I think it can be used as games to get players back in form it can be used as games to um, give players minutes obviously as we'll discuss later on we've got two goalkeepers now who are going to want to play um, so that that could mean that they get a, a, a share of minutes so mm. uh, so yeah so um, it, I mean they're exciting games though I've got to say where in the past where we've had I'm glad we've not drawn true again um, God, yeah. Although there is still time for that in the, uh, the Carabao, yeah. yeah. God, good. Um, bothered. But, uh, but yeah, the um, two exciting games, and uh, I personally, I hope it turns out that it's Stockport at home and Salford away, and then whoever. I mean, it doesn't matter, does it? Really, we're playing in the uh, in the Premier League under twenty ones. We should beat them. Yeah, I just think having done that now, uh, that. 
it's now you're the champions. You have to defend that trophy. You want to get back to Wembley. It's 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 it should as well. I think within the fan base because let's face it, the crowds were awful at the start of that Papa John's trophy. I know it ended up with thirty five thousand people in the sun at Wembley. It was brilliant, but you go all the way back to the start, and there was no appetite there whatsoever. Now you've got two theoretical home games um, against reasonable opposition, but also you're the champions. It might just have sparked something. And, and get people in and, and maybe just attract the crowds a bit more than, than last season, it'd be good. Um, I'll tell you what will attract the crowds, and that is if Bolton carry on signing players. And they keep on getting linked with them. So we're going we're gonna to start with the ones that they haven't bought yet. We're going to start with a bit of transfer rumour. by my second cousin who works on the tills at a well-known supermarket. Yes, uh, we can't move for transfer rumours this week. There's been nothing but every five minutes I seem to be seeing something different. So if you uh, do spot a transfer rumour that we haven't tackled, then drop me a line. Um, shall we start, Henry? Shall we start with one that by the time this podcast comes out might not even be a true transfer rumour because I'm pretty sure it is right on the verge of happening. That's Kane Wilson from Bristol City. Um, an exciting one, I think. Yeah, a lot of people have been excited about this. The The... The um, the people in the know, I guess you could call them, mm. on, on social media within the EFL are saying it's a great signing. Um, and um, and yeah, I think it's it's. I was saying to you before this this podcast, it's funny how we we seem to be signing players for positions starting from the back. So this covers uh, right back. Uh, we've got two for them now. So um, yeah, it's uh, it looks. I, I mean, it's, it's difficult, isn't it, when you go off highlights of players? You know, I saw that. So when you put a montage of, of Kane Wilson's best bits for Forest Green, um, you know, on social media, he looks a world beater, but there is highlights he is going to do. Um, so, yeah, I think um, it's, a, it's a good, you know, he's come from the championship. Um, Bristol City fans liked him, didn't really want him to leave, but could understand it because of his lack of games. Mm. So, um, so yeah, I think it's a, it, it's a good sig- signal of intent because I think, um, what what they what they wanted this year was to build a squad for the championship, and he hasn't got much championship experience, but he has got championship experience, and uh, he seems to have done okay in the games he has played for Bristol City. So I'm looking forward to seeing him, but there's a lot of pressure on him because he's uh, he's coming in to cover, well, to replace last year's Player of the Year, Young Player of the Year. Uh, Right back of the year, future legend, future <laughs> legend of the year, player. His first name because with C of the year, he won everything, didn't he? So it's it's anybody that comes in. And I've said this about the right back and the goalkeeper. You're gonna have to get your head around the fact you're gonna get compared straight away to Traff or to to Connor Bradley. Um, I think with Kane Wilson, he's got a lot to prove because he was one of the most sought after free transfers at uh, Forest Green a few seasons ago. Uh, sorry, sorry, last summer. It wasn't even a few seasons ago. Last summer, when Forest Green came up from League 2 into League 1, everybody wanted him. I was amazed at the time. I remember thinking, why are Bolton not in for this lad? Because this, this guy looks perfect for them. 
Now, obviously, he never had designs on um, designs on Connor Bradley at the time, and there was a lot of stuff going around with with Marlon Fossey at the time as well. So we kind of didn't didn't go too strong on it. But I, I did feel at the time this guy this guy's pretty perfect. Now he's gone to Bristol City, and I spoke to James Piercy at the Bristol Post. Uh, or Bristol Live, whatever they call themselves now. I spoke to him uh, yesterday and he said, do you know, in pre-season when he first arrived, electric, you could see exactly what they bought into, but then through, he, he got a little bit of a knock at the end of pre-season, so he missed the the first few games of the season. Nigel Pearson then changed the system to a, a flat-back four, which meant he wasn't really suited to playing right-back, so that did him in a bit and he, he didn't quite get into the team. October, he picked up a, a pretty uh, bad um, knee injury which left him uh, a, a couple of months of recovery and he just didn't find his way back in it, the, the system never changed never really got to a right back and suddenly Bristol found a couple of other players that could play there and, and it's very easy very quickly forgotten in football and that's what happened with Kane Wilson the good thing is that the opposite can be true and that you could be quickly forgotten and then suddenly turn up somewhere else and it fits and he's just got to hope that Bolton's going to be that fit for him uh, that, that they can go back and play the sort of football that he enjoyed at Forest Green. We know he's going to get to see a lot of the ball. He's going to be asked to do exactly what Connor Bradley does, get forward, get crosses in, get goals. And that is pretty much how he's how he's made. Hopefully the fitness side of things, he's been back. He's played football under 21 level for Bristol City at the end of last season. Didn't play much in the first team, but he's, he's back to a standard where he can play football. It's not as if he's going to be rehabbing at all at Bolton. Um, so, fingers crossed. I think it, I think you know when it happens, and I think it's a when rather than if. But I think it'll be a fantastic signing for Bolton. Yeah, um, I I hope it's it is. I think it's a position that's become really important for us, and um, you know to have him there. Uh, and everyone's speaking so highly. He's a young lad as well. So yeah, we um, it's very exciting. Uh, very mm. exciting. We'll move on to the second transfer rumour then. And and it's one we did cover a little bit in last week's, and that's Ollie Norburn of Peterborough United. Now, I brought him back up because obviously you've got a slightly different insight into Peterborough and working on Darren McCanty's podcast. So tell us a little bit about Peterborough's uh, revelation this season. They've decided to go in an entirely different direction. Yeah, well, my understanding of it is um, I think Darren was... At times, and, and the Bolton 5-0 game was one of these times, very upset with um, the more experienced players in his team. Mm. You know, he's he felt that they let them down at times, which is probably why you you looked at the, I think we mentioned of uh, when it was announced his retain list, you know, and they're selling Johnson Clark Harris, the Ollie Norburn's gone, I know Joel Ward's gone to Derby. Um, Joel Thompson's going so I think he's kind of gone right we're going to go a bit youthful the experienced players let me down and we're going to change it so um, but my understanding is that Ollie Norburn has wanted to move up north for a while he's from Bolton isn't he so he is, yeah. um, I think he was linked with Blackpool at some points last year so I don't know for me on the outside you may have different thoughts to me but me on the outside I think because um, was it Barry Fry said it was Blackpool, Wigan and Bolton? Yes. Um, yes. Well, Wigan at the time had, hadn't been taken over, so that seemed strange. Uh, Blackpool had already been linked with him and he Bolton's his hometown. So I think for me, it just seemed like it was a very convenient sort of, you know, I, I don't know whether they're not having any offers and he wanted to start a, a bit of a, a bidding war. 
uh, or whether he's telling the truth. Uh, you know, Barry Fry could be telling the truth. Who knows? But um, yeah, I, 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 I mean, Ollie Norburn's, a, I think, a good player at this level, and I think I, I'd definitely take him. But um, you know, would do you think there's anything in that? Well, I mean, Barry Fry obviously has, has, has been the main instigator in this, and and you do wonder sometimes the way the markets work that a well placed quote here and there just sparks things off. Certainly, where Blackpool are concerned, where we know there have been historical interest, um, I'm, I, I think probably that the availability his availability would also raise Wigan now that they're out the the storm that they were in. He's perfect for them. You know, and also he's got kind of that perfect style for them as well. If they're going to if they're going to play the same way as they did last time when they were down here, I think as a midfielder, he's 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 one of the the players that I'd be I'd be looking at if I was Wigan. Um, he obviously wants to come back up here. Now, I I certainly I I know Ollie and know people that know him. I know he would love to play for Bolton. Would absolutely adore playing for Bolton. Um, but to the best of my knowledge at the minute, there hasn't been anything else that's kind of accelerated that or got that further down the line. So um, at the minute, although it's definitely a position, I think Bolton would definitely need to improve. And we'll talk about another deal that, that might happen next. Uh, I just I just think that that one is on a back burner in case something else doesn't happen. In fact, I'll introduce the guy now. Um, Australia international Keanu Bacchus. Uh, been playing for St Mirren and if like me when you heard that name you went who uh, and did a quick google and then went oh right okay fair enough then he's got a bit of pedigree especially when you start seeing he's playing against Argentina in the World Cup and all that kind of thing um, yeah. Australia International he's had one full season in Scotland and impressed and the uh, the record um, daily record up there journalist up there suggests that Bolton Wanderers are very much in for him. So I'm forging that's about as far as we can go on it because there hasn't been anything more added, uh, no more meat added to the bone. There's certainly not been a lot else from Bolton's side uh, that I can explain to you. But I do think that it's the kind of deal I expect us to make, particularly as we've read in the last few weeks, that the international laws have changed. It's easier to get non-EU players in now, you know, League One clubs are allowed a couple. This kind of deal could definitely happen. Yeah, and it's um, it's something different, you know, and I think it shows that we are moving in different sort of circles at the moment. And, mm. um, you know, he's had a, he, you know, he's had a good season in Scotland. Um, and you would argue, uh, not obviously not Rangers and Celtic, but below them, it's probably, especially at St Mirren, it's probably sort of a similar kind of level as what League One is. Obviously, Bolton are a, a far bigger club than St Mirren and the stadium's bigger and all of that. But, you know, it, it could be a natural progression for him mm. to come to League One at, at the top. Um, and, yeah, you, you want that extra experience of, of that level. You know, if he's got experience in the World Cup, it can only help the club, Um so yeah, it's uh, that's it. It was an intriguing one when it came out. I mean, the next guy we're going to talk about was even more intriguing to me. But um, yeah, I um, yeah, it's uh, so is he what like a centre midfielder? Is he what what kind of role does he play? Yeah, so Bacchus is is more of a defensive midfielder by all accounts. Uh, can play mostly as a six or or kind of an eight type. He's not a number ten now. Norburn has played further forward and and maybe would be more uh, a Kieran Lee type than 
um, an MJ Williams type, let's say, for example. But this this guy seems to be more defensively minded. Um, but his, his stats from from uh, from the World Cup and, and from this season in Saint Mirren were, were really impressive. He knows, you know, he doesn't waste the ball. He's good in possession. He gets up and down the pitch. He's, you know, he gets all over the place. So, yeah, I can I can see where Bolton would be interested in him, and he certainly ticks a box where not too many of Bolton's players have his qualities. So I think um, I'd, I'd keep my eye on it because it, it, it's it's too strange for it not to be true, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but, so uh, what about the next guy? The, well, the next guy is uh, Florian Flick. <laughs> Florian Flick, who's got the best name of anybody that has been linked with Bolton for uh, some time, I think. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about Florian Flick. He's uh, 23. He's six foot two. He's a defensive midfielder again, um, although he does operate pretty much anywhere he wants to in midfield. He's played for Germany's under-21s as recently as June 2022. He's been, um, well, he, his, his club, as things stand at the minute, is uh, Nuremberg, um, but he's on loan, sorry, Schalke, rather. He's been on loan at Nuremberg um, in the second level of German football. He's pretty much in a situation where they want his parent club want to keep him but he wants to go and get games elsewhere he wants regular football um now the the story emanated from uh, built uh, which is a, a big national sports journal sports paper in germany um so you know sometimes with these things you take them with a pinch of salt because the nationals do kind of you know, throw names around willy-nilly at times. But this one is an interesting one for, for somebody who, on the face of it, is, you know, very, very decent for them to throw at a, a League One club, however good and big a club Bolton is, is uh, is quite something. And it, it, it does intrigue you, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, I, I mean, the, the thing is, no matter where they're from or, um, you know, how exotic their names are, like the, the German fella... Um, it's yeah, I think it's uh, it, as long as they're good, as long as they're good players, and this is what I was saying before. But the club, the club clearly want to build a championship squad. Um, okay, they, they're in League One, but I think so many times, and and we've discussed on the podcast now the difference between League One and the championship is far, is probably the furthest it's ever been in terms of quality. So yeah, you need to build that squad early on. You need to. Um, have players that are going to make that step up and uh, hopefully these guys were linked with uh, Candy. Well, we've already seen Bolton have done some business in Germany when they brought Xavier uh, Amici over on loan so they may well have contacts with the agencies and such like over there and uh, I'd yeah, I, this, there's something about this one. Again, we kind of Bolton have, have kept their cards extremely close to the chest. This so we've not had too many quotes out there that say, "No, yes, we're interested in," or etc. etc. It's been quite quiet. That's why the way they've got to operate, if they're going to be going at these players who are top level, um, and that's why things are going slightly slower than they might normally do. Uh, it looks like they're getting free agents out the way early doors, and then it's going to be on to the players that they're going to be paying hard cash for. Wilson, as we hear, is roughly about £200,000. This Florian Flick, again, you know, it's going to cost money to be able to get him over, even if it's on loan. Uh, 
same as with with Bacchus. I think that the price there they're talking about six figures again um, for for him. So you know Bolton are inve- or look to be uh, investing in that area of the pitch. Um, whether or not they should be investing elsewhere, we've got an email later on. So I'm not going to spoil that, but we'll talk a little bit more about uh, about strikers later on. Before we do, let's talk about stuff that has actually happened in headlines. News. Yes, let's talk about the ones we know Bolton have signed, and there's three of them already, as we sat here. Uh, shall we start with the goalkeepers, Henry? What do you reckon? Yeah, well, they signed first. It's uh, as we speak on Thursday. We've had a signing every day so far. Uh, <laughs> Nathan Baxter was the first one. Uh, do you remember last week when we were wondering, are Bolton ever going to do any business? Um, <laughs> and now we've uh, we've probably had too much this week. I think he's like, right, calm down. Let's let's save some for the rest of the summer. Um, but Nathan Baxter was the first one. He's coming from uh, from Chelsea. Uh, shame it wasn't alone. Then that uh, famous, do we still have a loan from Chelsea? Could have been. Uh, we could have stopped that That's conversation, um, but you know it's a free transfer I... and a free few-year <laughs> deal. Um, I, I've again, I've, I've I've seen what you what I've seen, and that has been a a, a, a video from that James Allett from you know the EFL guy who yeah. did about Nathan Baxter and whole fans are saying that League One is above his level, sorry, below his level of mm. what he should be. Uh, so all signs saying that this could be a good player. What do you think? Well, definitely the recommendations from Hull over the last two seasons are that he is a championship goalkeeper and that had he not got a couple of kind of unfortunate injuries, then he he may well have been Hull's permanent keeper at the minute. What happened, unfortunately, just before the World Cup break was that he got an ankle injury, which meant that Hull had to kind of scramble and find another keeper. They loaned Carl Darlow at the time. Um, and and he played there for for the rest of the season, so much so that he was then their number one priority, and they kind of let Nathan Baxter slide a bit. Now and it looks as if Carl DeHallow is actually going to end up going somewhere else. I think he's going to Middlesbrough, um, or he might have even gone to Middlesbrough. But the um, the upshot is that they're a little bit gutted that Nathan Baxter is now obviously contracted to Bolton. Um, he had offers from elsewhere. We understand that Maccabi Hafia, who were over in Israel, fancied taking him over there. They have got access to Champions League football this season. So that tells you just how much he wants to get his career going in England. You know, he's, he's turned down the chance of going over there um, to play against Stevenage next season. Um, so, hey, Bolton is, is an attractive prospect. I think there are a couple of other big clubs. Uh, Reading was one of them that, that were after him. Um, so, He's a big deal. He's a big deal. And he's been at Chelsea for seven years. He never got to play for Chelsea, but he was out on loan. He's he's done the whole Jordan Pickford thing, playing from, you know, the Metropolitan Police all the way up to playing at championship level of Hull City. And that's as a regular, not as like a backup goalkeeper. Mm. Before his injury, he was number one. So Bolton have signed, effectively, a championship goalkeeper in Nathan Baxter, albeit now one that has to get things back on track and show that you can do it regularly. Now, what I want to ask of you is, the last one that I remember this happening with, that I had these kind of vibes from, was Ben Amos. And Ben Amos was at a position in his career where he'd done a bit of Bolton, he he had a great season under Neil Lennon, but then when he came in as a permanent player, 
it didn't work for him and it has now he's turned things around he's, he's a good goalkeeper and he did he had to do that under another couple of loans and he's done it at Wigan now but you know you you want things to happen quite quickly now for Nathan Baxter yes you do and I think um, like naturally we're going to look at James Trafford and comparing to James Trafford and I think that is unfair but I think yeah. two of James Trafford's best attributes were his, his shot stopping and his uh, how he was with his feet and he's passing and uh, kick, you know uh, kicking could be off a bit at, at times but overall it was quite good um, of what I've seen in those sort of clips I think as a shot stopper I think he's as good so that's good I think uh, the way Bolton play means he, he needs to be good with his feet as well no doubt that they've done his research and I'm sure he is but um, yeah if, if we can get if we can get someone who is who is as good with his feet as James Trafford, I think we've got a, a right player there. So, uh, on at the moment, it looks good, but we'll see we'll see whether he can do it on a uh, a, a cool summer's evening at Atherton Coles this <laughs> season. Aye, should we move on to our next uh, transfer target, Henry? Yeah, well. Um... A, a local lad back, uh, which is great because I think uh, you know we've had him senior going. Um, and, you know, I know we've had like Zach Clough and Josh Bella, but they weren't actually Bolton, were they? But um, you know, to get a, a Bolton lad in, um, okay, you'd, you'd think at the moment he will be starting as our number two goalkeeper, but overall, I think he's uh, yeah, I think it's it's positive, and I'm I'm looking forward to him being around the club. Downplaying as a Morley, by the way, he's from Radcliffe. I don't think you're going to get too much more local than that. Do well, we just, that's true. Does he actually have to have been born on the Lions outside the town hall steps for him to count? <laughs> Is it like the Bow Bells for you? <laughs> well, yeah, I think uh, you know Morley. I mean, being from Radcliffe, it's it's on the border. It's you know, it's, you could, some argue it's more Berry than uh, Bolton, but. Uh, no, I, he's yeah. Morley counts. Morley yeah, counts. you're not you're not Bolton unless you spent your first night on this earth underneath the the, uh, the Debenhams uh, canopy or, <laughs> uh, or or slept in the doorway at Whitaker's. Oh dear. Um, anyway, yeah. So Joel Coleman. I mean, he's he's exactly the kind of a, a, a sensible one for me for Bolton because he's another player that comes with a bit of a point to prove. Um, he wants to lay down some proper roots. Local lad had to go out to Ipswich as a as a backup keeper let's be fair he, he obviously went to Ipswich last season with limited chance of playing games but what I liked was that they praised him to the hilt his, his professionalism his, his attitude he drove on the likes of Walton and Ladkey who were there as, as number one and number two um, he's going to have to do the same thing here he's going to have to drive on Nathan Baxter but I think also we're now in a situation a bit like where Phil Parkinson had uh, Ben Anik and Mark Howard, where you've got two goalkeepers who will both fancy themselves as being regular number ones. Now, say what you like, Joel Dixon never looked like number one goalkeeper, even when he was number one goalkeeper. I think he, he kind of slid in there because Matt Jilks just didn't quite sort of fit anymore, or he, he maybe didn't didn't want to do it anymore I don't know but it, it may be you know and definitely whilst Traff was here he never looked like he was going to get back in what we hope for here is that Coleman will genuinely drive to be able to get first team football he had it earlier in his career when he's he's been at places like Huddersfield 
um, and at Rochdale. And he's, you know, you want to get back to that position. And I'm sure it'd mean a lot to him. He's, he's a very different type of goalkeeper by all counts than, than Baxter. And maybe against certain opposition, your Burton's of this world, um, that having a six foot six goalkeeper who maybe isn't quite as good with his distribution or, or, or as agile potentially as, 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 uh, as Baxter, maybe that's going to be a benefit. Maybe it's a horses for courses type thing. And Bolton haven't had that for a while. I think they did have that a bit when, when Chomp Powered and, uh, and Ben Annick were in. Um, in, in the last time Bolton got promoted from this division, as it turns out. But I think I'm quite happy with that. I'm, I'm not I'm not dissatisfied with the, the level of goalkeeper that Bolton have at the minute now. Yeah. Um, and if those two goalkeepers, funnily enough, I forget it, but they played in that Forest game, didn't they, both of them? Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, when they got promoted. Um, well, they got promoted, then played Forest, of course. Um, but yeah, I think it's... Uh, I think this is what we've seen, you know, to go back last year, I know Joel Dixon, had, he had a, a tough time with us and I, you just felt that when he stepped in, and I know he didn't have to step in in the league, but when he stepped in in the cup games, you just sensed there was a bit of nervousness around. And so you do need, uh, okay, it looks like Baxter's going to be number one, but Joel, uh, yeah, Joel Coleman is, he is going to be our cup goalkeeper. So, we need to, the, the defence needs to trust him, the fans need to trust him, um, and, it, you know, that's his role. And, and as well, I think you've got to have, you know, I, I'm not a footballer, I don't know, but I think to be a number two goalkeeper, you've got to have such a strong mentality mm. because um, you you aren't going to play every week, you you know, you and you're going to have to step in at some point. And it sounds like with him, that this is a perfect move for him because, yeah, he's going to be number two, but he's living back in his hometown. He's got his kids back here. Uh, so maybe that's what's best for us is someone who is, um, you know, is of good quality, but also who's, I don't want to say just happy to be here because that, I think I'm doing a minute <laughs> injustice. Harsh, but, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I think he, I think he, he is happy to be here. It's, it's good for his personal life. So I think it could work quite well. We'll move on to, the last of the signings uh, this week, as we sit here, they, I still think another one's going to happen. But anyway, um, Josh Dakers Cogley. I learned how to say that yesterday, speaking to a mate of mine from the World Globe, and he had nothing but good things to say about the young right wing back uh, who'd been playing at Tramir Rovers. But we were not going to hold that against him because he's decided to sign for Bolton. Um, also saying. I think it was one quote from him, something along the lines of, "Listen, when Bolton, uh, when Bolton come knocking, you don't, um, you don't think twice. A club the size and the history, that will have gone down fantastically. That will have gone down as well in Tramir as uh, Keith Hill's acceptance speech when he got the job, I'd imagine. Um, uh, but uh, Josh, um, again, he's he's kind of built from the same sort of bricks as uh, as Wilson." Uh, at, at Bristol City, I think he's uh, very mobile. He's very, very quick. What came out of my conversation with Jamie at the World Globe yesterday was that he's actually he's rated defensively as much as he is going forward. So he may be more of a fullback than Kane Wilson, and it may be then that there is that option of of rotating or, or changing or maybe playing Kane Wilson 
as as a as a left side of a three in attack or or whatever it might be, um, and and still having a fullback, um, maybe slightly more defensively secure. He's had a bit of football with Birmingham in the Championship. Again, you know, he comes at a very decent age. I think it's a decent signing. Yeah, you know, I think the main thing for me was that the amount of games that he played. Yeah, I think he missed one, was it, yeah. last year? Or he played yeah. them all. So, and that was the same for the season before. So, he's clearly uh, got a good fitness level. Robust, yeah. So, yeah, yeah which, is, which is good. I mean, whether... Uh, you know, we all know with with Bolton that he isn't going to play that many games this season because of the rotation. And with us, if we're signing Kane Wilson, then it's a similar position. But you know, I think he's. Uh, I, I think what what showed me was the goal in the playoff when Dion Charles scored and, and Randall Williams got to the byline and drilled it in. It's it. We you know we've been trying to do that all season. Uh, and it looks like that's how we're going to play next season. And I think these two lads are going to do that. You know, I saw, I think Tramia played Newcastle in the Cup and I saw the goal we scored and how, um, you know, he, he Decorous Cogley got to the, got you know, he, he got in behind the defence and laid it off to, to their strike and score. And that's, we play fast football. We, we try and get in behind the, the, the full-back. So, yeah, he could be a, a real asset to us. And, um you know, it's uh, it, it looks. I think looking at them three and then looking at Kane Wilson, we look like we're building. Again, if you look at this team compared to last year, and take Trafford and Bradley out of it because they weren't our players, but again, you look at the positions and think, okay, we've improved already. So that's a good sign. Pure pace, pure pace. I don't know how many times I've had this conversation about signings and about Bolton in recent years, but not possessing pure pace has been one of those things that comes up time and time again. And I think Bolton now in both wing-back slots have got the option of having pure pace uh, with this one. So fingers crossed that works out That works out for them. Um, right, so, I mean, just a bit more of a speculative one. Um, you've got, let's assume that Wilson's in so that both right-wing-back right roles are kind of ticked. Priority positions now for the rest of the transfer window. What would you say is your kind of shopping list? Well, I think I think uh, we probably need another centre half and someone who, who is going to sit right in the middle uh, because I think we've got you know you've got Johnston and Toll and Jones and you know I think we've got I think centre halves we we need another one at least because as we've seen that, that young he, Santos Santos looks like he could be a, a player. Yeah, I think we need someone who's going to replace, not replace Santos long term, but I think we've seen with um, with each one of the defenders, maybe not Johnston, but the rest of them are prone to injuries and being out for a few weeks or a few months. So I think, especially Santos, we need someone who's going to sit right in the middle and replace, you know, and, and cover him. Um, other than that, you'd look at saying, well, we need to replace Kieran Lee. Uh, but I think our midfield's quite strong. Strikers, um, you know, we don't know what's happening with Dan and Lundaloo. Uh Some in the no Twitter account say that's about to be done. Others are, are saying no. We don't know what the deal is with Southampton. Maybe they're waiting for their manager to, to yeah. have a look at him. Um, but that is a position where if you look and think, well, at the moment, 
signed up. We've got Adebayo, Charles, and Bod Farson. Potentially Connor Carty, I guess. I don't know whether they're going to give him a little go, but you'd, you'd think we're probably a bit short up there. Um, so yeah, I'd say at the moment strikers and and another in the centre of midfield because the way we're playing, we don't tend to play with with wingers. So that's not it's it's the middle three. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, in, in and you know, you look at Dempsey, Morley, and Sheehan played very well at the end of last year. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say cover for them. I mean, have I missed any position out? What would you think? Well, I think just going back to the the links we had, Flick has played centre half, and we saw that MJ Williams can do that mm-hmm. sort of thing at the end of last season as well. So, whereas there's no natural replacement going back to January uh, for Will Ameson, who went to Exeter, and they brought in Luke. Mbete didn't really work out for him but that was the reason he was there is to, to have that kind of cover so there isn't that extra man but I wonder if they were to go for somebody a la Flick or whether or not they now see jo- uh, MJ as being the reserve central kind of uh, kind of defender for me the main thing is to get some physicality in that midfield that's the main thing because for all the invention that they've got, and I, I rate every single one of the midfielders that Bolton have got, there isn't enough. There isn't enough. There isn't enough ball winners. There isn't enough real dynamism in there, uh, with the, the slight exception, I think, of Kyle Dempsey. Um, but even still, he's not He's not a big guy. You know, he's, his energy is fantastic, but he's not a big guy. I, I genuinely think, against some opposition, they are too much of a soft touch in midfield. And that's I, what I expect for, for Bolton to evolve. They're going to have to kind of tweak that a little bit against certain teams. So I assume that's going to be the main one. One or two players that can come in in the middle of the park. And then after that, as you mentioned there with Anlundaloo, you know, I, I still feel my gut feeling is that he will be back. And I think that the managerial situation at Southampton has slowed everything down. But I, I feel that he's he was pretty much resigned to doing it last season. I felt that for me and Everett as well. So I'd be very surprised if I don't see him back. Um, but I do think there's scope there for one more. And that, ladies and gents, is is the one, the, the big, big question mark. I do feel that one big striker could be the, could be the, 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 the pivotal one. Now, we know that Cole Stockton has gone to uh, Burton, by the way. We can, roll, we can finally write him off now, can't we? We can't. I think it's an interesting one that because Cole Stockton uh, did very well in League One two seasons ago, slightly less so last year, but it was it was a difficult season for Markham. But I think it showed this for me. There's a reason, and it's probably something that you know me as a mere mortal, uh, as a muggle in the football world, can't see, but the the people in the know can. But. Surely there's a reason why now he's gone from Markham to Burton. Do you know what I mean? There's there's something there that the bigger clubs in this league or even the championship are going, no, we don't fancy that, lad. It's 30-31. I think it's difficult to to convince people that once you're past what is considered prime age, I mean, it's not always the way, is it? But, uh, you know, he's good at a certain type of thing. It's good if the whole team is going to be geared towards playing to Cole Stockton. But... Uh, you know, which team is going to tail themselves completely to a 30 or 31-year-old at the minute? I don't think there's going to be many at any higher than League 2, bottom half of League 1 level. Um, 
you know, I don't, I don't see Colstock. I never have seen Colstock playing in the team in Bolton's team. I could see him being an option to throw on. But is Cole Stockton happy about being a guy that just gets thrown on every once in a while? Probably isn't any good for him either. So I just, I, I, I would never really been entirely uh, sold by the idea of it. But so many times we, we get stuck in that, that loop about, oh, have Bolton got a plan B? Have Paul Bolton got a plan B? I, I think really they just need to make it, the plan A better. Uh, I still, mm. I still think that they can refine that, they can make it better. And I do think that added physicality and goals must come from midfield this season. But we shall see. Should we move on? Yes. Um, well, let's. Uh, well, speaking of goals, um, and the, the only player really to score a significant amount of goals for Bolson last year, mm-hmm. Dion Charles was involved with Northern Ireland this week. Uh, it's strange that we we're only having one international player when we've been few, uh, we've been used to having a few over the last season. But uh, Dion was them, and uh, Dion lost mm-hmm. twice. I don't. He, I think he came on, did he against? Denmark and then lost it at home to Kazakhstan so yeah. disappointing for Dion but hopefully now he can go away have a little rest and then uh, or do you think he's had his rest? Is he, is he now ready to go? Who knows? I, I suspect he'll be given a bit more time. Uh, they were last year I can't see it changing any uh, I think Dion's been away on the training camp in um, I think it was Leicester they were they were training near um with Connor Bradley et al. Uh, Owen Toll obviously had to pull out because he picked up an ankle injury. Hopefully get a check upon that soon as well to make sure that he's still on track to return with the rest of them. Um, but Dion, I'd imagine he'd be given a little bit of, bit more holiday, etc. I know he's looking forward to, to getting back and, and to proving he can do it again. Um, didn't work out for him this week. He played an hour against Kazakhstan. Very frustrating game. Only got a little brief sniff, sniff reel against a, a very good team in Denmark. Uh, it's been a tough start for Northern Ireland, in, in fact. Um, so, uh, yeah, they're going to have to do quite a bit, I think, to get back in contention there and look look towards the Euros. And one, I will say, and you mentioned Conor Carty a little bit before, he's away on loan until early next year, so he won't be involved until then. Um, but he was involved in an international game at under-21 level. He actually scored, um, but one that got abandoned uh, for, for a racist remark, which was um, which was allegedly made, uh, was it Kuwait he played against? I think it was Kuwait, yeah. um, which uh, which is quite something. A couple of games, a couple of under twenty one games, got abandoned for exactly the same reason. And and I'm, I'm personally, I'm very very glad to see that that teams are making a stand against that. But it it's quite incredible to me to read that. Uh, the Kuwaiti team have just basically said nope, didn't happen. We, we came off the pitch for something completely different. It was uh, it was an absolutely mad thing to read. Yeah, it was. It wasn't like it was. Uh, I mean, I saw pictures of it. It wasn't as if it was chucking it down like the Scotland game. No, or no. I don't understand why they would. You know why they would have come off. But um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's sad. Obviously, we've had this discussion before. We we had it ourselves with the Markham game a few years ago and. Uh, yeah, it's, it's disappointing in 2023. But the um, yeah, fair play, fair play to the players for standing up for themselves. And uh, you know, we've said before, nothing's bigger than well, we, as we like to think, nothing's bigger than football. But there are plenty of things that are. So uh, yeah, sometimes you've got to you make a stand. Mm. Should we talk managers? Yeah, it's been a, the merry-go-round, swelling truly starting, isn't it? Uh, mm. Something that 
doesn't really affect Bolton is uh, Gary O'Neill in the uh, Premier League. Of course, Gary O'Neill, former Bolton player, former player of the season as well. Mm. Um, he left his job at Bournemouth, which was very strange. But I mean, I'm I'm tired of trying to second guess what Premier League teams are, <laughs> are thinking. Um, so, uh, but I think he's done enough to to show that he he should get another job at some point soon, shouldn't he? I'd be amazed if he doesn't. I mean, it surprised me that the decision was taken, but obviously they had somebody else in mind straight away with uh, Ariola coming in. Um, yeah, I mean, do, do I agree with that? I think he did a cracking job, O'Neill, last season. But, you know, these these owners don't just look at at that kind of like the personal thing they look at oh well who which players are we going to be able to bring in this summer and, and you would you would probably suggest that uh that that they're looking to bring in a certain type of player that, that gary o'neill didn't necessarily want and uh and that's you know owners know better than managers sometimes don't they that's the way things work especially in the premier league but uh i mean let's let's move on a pace then um another one sacked darren moore another owner that knows better than the manager um, or does he? Because at the minute, uh, the guy at Sheffield Wednesday, the guy who turned round the most incredible playoff semi-final we've ever seen in our lives, got 96 points, 97 points, something like that, in, in the regular season, and also got them up in the end into the championship, suddenly gets sacked. I mean, absolute madness. That, that's crazy. Yeah, and I mean, bless Darren Moyes. He seems a very nice guy. Now, I remember when we played him in uh, March and he... He shook every one of our players' hands. There was that video that came out, wasn't it? And he shook his hand and said, "Good luck for Wembley." But uh, you know, I, I read his statement after leaving. He was very much thankful for the board and whatever. I'd just love, I'd, I'd love him to just say what he thinks. Yeah, you know, I'd love him to just come out and go, "What more can I do?" Uh, you know, but um, you know, he's he's nice. I'll be honest with Darren Moore. I think okay, a few Sheffield Wednesday fans weren't entirely happy with the way the way they played, but I think Sheffield Wednesday are a different animal where they they don't want to be in this in League One anyway, so they want to do it and win perfectly and whatever. But if mm-hmm. anything happened with Ian Everett, which, I mean, could be, because Ian Everett does live that side of yep. the, the... You know, he does live over that way. But um, I'd actually have Darren Moore at Bolton. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> It goes. There's loads of different ways of winning, hasn't there? I mean, Darren Moore played a, a brand of football that it was pretty. It was pretty basic in in many ways, and you've got people like Bannon in there that that make it slightly more more uh, creative for or, or easier on the eye. But ultimately, you are good at set pieces. You are good at defending that kind of stuff. The the real basics, and it worked. And it worked for Rotherham, and it worked for Wigan, and it there is a, a not necessarily entertaining way of getting out of League One, but it is definitely proven to be quite effective. Ian Everett's doing it the hard way. <laughs> he's doing it the hard yeah. way. He's, he's trying to do it the perfect way. Um, and, you know, good luck to him. I'm enjoying watching it. Don't get me wrong at all. Um, I'm, and, and I back him to, to do it as well. I think it will happen. But Darren Moore, uh, you know, he, he found a way of getting 97 points last season, which is just mad. And it it, uh, it should have gone up, up automatically. I think he's been completely mistreated um, there and not given a chance in the championship. But as you rightly say, it does open up and it, a little interesting one. And a few people have asked me, do you think they, they look at Ian Everett? And there's a bit of me that thinks, yes, of course they will. Yes, of course they will. Does that mean he'll go? I don't think he would. I don't think he would. I, I 
be amazed, gobsmacked even, if, if, if Swansea haven't looked at Ian Everett or inquired about Ian Everett. And it'd be interesting to see if that ever does come out. But I, you know, I'd be amazed if, as particularly as the squad that Swansea have got. Now, to preempt the, the other thing we've got on our list here is that Russell Martin has gone to Southampton. Um, which should hopefully resolve Dan and Lundaloo's uh, future soon. Um, but that means that Michael Duff, manager of uh, Barnsley, of course, who beat Bolton in the playoff semi-finals, has gone, or is going, we think, to Swansea. Swansea have known about this for some time, and I wonder, just wonder, whether or not there was a little sniff there, because a, a, a manager like Ian Ever could very easily slip in there. Um, I'm not saying it's a, a big, bigger club or what have you, but it would be a an interesting one. Um, and and uh, I just wonder how many of those offers we've heard before that he never has been approached by championship clubs. Been a few examples, but um, I wouldn't be at all surprised. And I wouldn't be at all surprised with Sheffield Wednesday, but with Sheffield Wednesday, I don't think they know what they want to be. So I think it would be a complete and utter car crash if if that would happen, if they were to appoint somebody with the completely opposite style to yeah. to Darren Moore. With Swansea, I could, I could kind of see how it could happen, but uh, Sheffield Wednesday, just because somebody lives a few miles down the road, not so much. No, I I agree with that, and I think I think Ian Everett. Would, I mean, it, it depends if if Sheffield Wednesday throw a load of money at Ian Everett, then maybe he will be tempted. Um, it's a but, big it's a big uh, club as well, Henry. I mean, look, let's also be fair. It it's a it's a hell of a job. It's a cracking job. Yeah, and and on paper you'd say that you know Ian Everett's always said he wants to get into the Premier League, so on paper he's probably got a better chance with Sheffield Wednesday. But yeah, there's a whole different sort of different things that go into that you know the owners uh, would you rather be with Sharon Britton or would you rather be with their owner you know I, I know who I'd rather work for but uh, yeah Swansea's a, an interesting one because Russell Martin uh, you know plays a similar kind of style Very to Ian Everett yeah um, and I, I, I think the thing is I think for Russell Martin I, if you look at the job he's done at Swansea for me Bearing in mind that they weren't in the prem, they were in the Premier League not that long ago. I don't think he's done an amazing job because they almost got in the playoffs, but this kind of around mid-table, and they're always prone to a, you know, a, a poor defeat and all of that. Mm. So I don't think he's done an amazing job. Yet he's got a, a very good job with Southampton because of the way he plays. Yeah. So in theory, then so you've got a manager in in Ian Everett who has got. An actual, actually, a great CV, where he's um, he's he's won two promotions already. He's won a trophy at Wembley, and he's improved. Like Barrow improved twice, and Bolton have improved three times now. So he's improved every season. He's been a manager on the team's performance, and yet we we hear sort of we hear little bits of oh. Championship clubs have inquired about him, but there's never been anything as strong as what we're getting for Michael Duff to Swansea. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? It is, and, and also, you know, Swansea to turn to Duff. Now, I'll, I'll tell you straight, when we sat there at Oakwell for the playoff semi-final, speaking to a few of my colleagues there, pretty much every man, woman and child in that press box expected Michael Duff to go whether Barnsley went up or not, because a lot of people were talking about Huddersfield at the time. But for whatever reason, I don't know. But I think Michael Duff maybe 
was looking elsewhere maybe felt a new a new challenge was needed um you know whether promotion would have changed his mind sometimes those things happen but him going to Swansea does doesn't surprise me from his point of view he just plays a completely different type of football than Swansea so they have gone kind of the, the reverse way they're gonna to have to go down to Dunnell now and buy 1500 towels <laughs> um, and then realize you can't use them anymore so you know the gym's going to be really well stocked but um it, it'd be interesting to see whether or not he can evolve because I, I don't think that kind of football is necessarily going to work in the championship. I really don't. I think there's a shelf life to it. I think there's a limit to it. And as well, I think, you know, this is Michael Duff's, I know he had a few years at Cheltenham, but he's moved twice now. Mm. Um, and I think there is something to be said for staying at a club, building a club. And Michael Duff, um, has done very well at Barnsley. I, I know they came down from the championship, but I don't think many expected them to do as well as what you know as what they did, especially after the start they had. So for me, you know, obviously we're not in his position. I know that I think they're selling the the centre after Anderson, so maybe yeah. he's upset about that. But um, you would still look and go, well, because my in-laws are very upset about the prospects of him leaving. Mm. So he's he's number one at Barnsley. He's probably the most their favourite manager since Danny Wilson. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd be, if I was Barnsley, I'd be very disappointed. But for Bolton, now you look at Barnsley, who were one of... If, if Duff had stayed, you'd have said, right, well, the three favourites to go straight back, well, to go up are Barnsley, Bolton and Derby. Now you look and think, well, let's face it, Barnsley's track record of managers before him, they've got the, that Ishmael who had done all right, but the others have not really since Heckingbottom. So, mm. maybe, you know, they've, they got lucky with Michael Duff. Maybe they won't get lucky again. And there's been, uh, there's less challenge to Bolton. Right. Uh, our final headline, please. Uh, well, this is uh, this weekend, back to Bolton. And uh, it's going to be Big Sam versus Peter Reid in the mm. dugout. It's uh, this at Atherton, isn't it? It is. It's Atherton Coles, the Bolton Wanderers Remembrance Group, are putting on another Legends game against the the Remembrance Group team. Um, and, and they've got a couple of uh, star names in there as well. At the minute, as with all these Legends games, we are talking like last-minute negotiations as to who's playing and where. We've had loads of players that have been rumoured to be included. Um Including, you know, people like Phil Morace and uh, we had Nicholas and Elker at one stage. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure whether that one will happen, but there'll be plenty of familiar faces on there. There's no question about that. Two of which have been confirmed to me this week, and that's the two managers, Peter Reid, will do the uh, the Bolton Wanderers Remembrance Group team, and Sam will take care of the legends. The fact that Sam's there should encourage a few of the uh, Sam Ardice, uh disciples out. I shouldn't wonder. Um, it'll be really interesting. Um, I do implore everybody to try and get down there. There is pay on the day. You can get tickets online as well because they have to be careful with uh, with capacity. But um, go to the Bolton Wanderers Remembrance Group Facebook page uh, and all the links will be on there. Um, we are talking 12 o'clock doors open at Atherton Coles Schooner Stadium. A few hours. There's loads of events on. There's loads of stalls and refreshments and stuff to do with the kids and all that sort of stuff um and then the game starts at three o'clock i'll be down there dan barnes will be down there with his little camera um taking photos and doing a bit of video work as well and i might well be doing a bit of a match report i think so we might uh, we'll treat it we'll treat it like it's a a big uh, a big big game and, and i'm 
very sure it'll be a good day. So hopefully the weather stays uh, stays nice as well. Yeah. Lovely. Should we have some emails to finish us off? Yeah. Is that Philip Moresh? Right, we shall have a few emails to finish us off then, I promised it at the top of the programme. Otherwise, these would have been bumped, I'm afraid, for next week's because, I've got to be honest, the running order has gone longer than I thought. Loads of stuff to talk about this week. Um, right, let's start with our first one. This one is from Roger um, in Preston. And he wants to talk about the Bond. Uh, he says, hope you're both well enjoying the summer break. Love the podcast and especially your summer episodes. Helps me through my dog walks with uh, Dougie the Labradoodle. Uh, yeah, nice. Nice. Very nice. Hello, Dougie. How are you doing? Um, I hope Stem- Henry stays loyal to the buff now that the MLS is proving more popular thanks to an ageing Argentinian, he also says. Hmm. Yeah, we. Uh, I've got to say, uh, we had uh, probably our most listened to episode and watched on YouTube when Messi signed. So, uh yeah, for any any messy fans, convert, come to the MLH UK show. Yes, it's a good listen. I've, I've listened to it a few times myself. Um, Henry almost sounds like he knows what he's talking about. It's weird. <laughs> it's, it's amazing what prep, prep does. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so Roger does say, the take upon the bond has been astonishing and the benefits will be amazing. The investment into the stadium and facilities will hopefully have a knock-on effect and improve the performances of the team. My concern lies over with the promise of an annual 8.5% return on the investment. The last update was that £4 million in bonds had been raised. This means the club will have to pay out £340,000 each year for five years. We'll then have to repay the full £4 million in five years' time. Where will that money come from? BWFC are not sat on a pile of it. Uh, will we have to come up with another way of borrowing or raising money to pay the bond? Are BWFC confident the cash flow will be significantly improved in five years' time and that they'll be able to repay it easily? I'm not convinced. I just have concerns that the bonds are nothing more than a loan, which we're now stuck with paying back. Are we going back to the old days of constant cycle borrowing to pay off the debt and interest? How long before the car park is sold off for the hundredth time? Uh, Tongue in cheek, hopefully, on the last comment there, Roger. But um, I understand where you're coming from. And uh, yeah, I think it's something that crossed my mind as well. One thing I will say is that uh, the EFL broadcasting um, deal, which kicks in next season from 24-25, is about 50% higher. It's a massive, massive improvement. So there's a bit of me, it may be the cynical bit, but a bit of me that thinks this has come out at a time where they know instantly there is going to be X amount more given to each club next season when they have to bring in. So almost, it's I wouldn't say free money because nothing's free money, but it's it's almost paid for. So they, they're basically accelerating that 12 months down the line a little bit. Um, you're talking staggering sums for, for you and I. Um, and the idea of having to pay back 340 grand each year for five years and then stumping up £4 million bamboozles me. But there's also the question as to what happens if football ventures would say, well, look, you know, we've got a good offer from somebody else. You've got the money to take the club on then the, the whole thing gets repaid out of that, um, out of the money that they get there. They have to factor that in. Um, I think they're a bit too smart, personally, the way that the club's run. I think the way that they've run the club, I think they're too smart to be just 
borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. I think this is part of a plan. I don't know about you, Henry. Yeah, you'd you'd think that. I, I would worry a lot more if it was our previous owner that was doing this. But um, I think I think at the, the, the start, <laughs> if he, if he told me the sky was blue, I'd have to open the door and check. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I think if if you remember the episode we did just after it got announced, um, where you kind of explained a lot of it, you said that you'd spoke to the company that yeah. are doing it, and they had assurances from the owners and the board that should this all mess up that they will pay it back um so i guess there's that i guess and they they predicted i think you said at the time they predicted about four million which it is in anyway so yeah in that case then they must have had those assurances from the board that yes we have collectively we have at least four million in our back pockets to pay off if anything happens um, well, let, let's just just deal with that there, because there'll be financial types that are wrinkling their nose at that one, right? There is if the if the club were to go pop, there is no. It's not like um, a, a secured loan. So, for example, uh, Eddie Davis, or even he who shall not be named, or various people have taken out secured loans, which are listed at Company's House on assets that the club own. And they're only satisfied once it's been paid back and then they're taken off. So this is not a secured loan. People who, who lend this money are doing so in the hope that they get some extras back. But if it to go pop and touch wood, and I am very sure this won't happen anyway, because like I say, I kind of trust the way that the club is being run. And I trust that the company understood the game plan, basically understood what football ventures have in store over the next few years because that's you know why they do these things um because they're in that kind of position of, of strength and trust um but ultimately if you if you invested which too late to do now but if it's too, if you did invest it is possible you could lose your money you don't get it back um they do give it back if they sold the club they do give it back if they get into the premier league i think was one of the the um the stipulations so there are also there's there's bits and bobs and and you know they may just find an oil well in in car park C and decide to pay it back anyway, but it is very important to state that that if the club went pop or bang or there was some other act of God, um, you know that that is the gamble that was the gamble. Yeah, um, it, there is a I think there is a gamble about it, but oh, like you said, there there is. Um, you know, and, and this is it. We're we're not here to like. I don't. Uh, we're not here to defend the owners. I think this is this is just my personal opinion, mm-hmm. and I know yours is the same. But like, um, yeah, it's. I, I think I can understand the worry. Of course, there is. It's, it's not free money, it, and yeah, you they are going to have to pay back more than what comes in. But I think the fact that the club are, are actively encouraging more more people to sign up to it, uh, or they have been doing, shows that there is a plan after you know there's a plan for it i don't think they're like oh let's get all this money and then we're just going to walk away and no one gets anything um there is i think the the gamble is there because yes if bolton get into the championship and then the premier league brilliant they'll make millions and millions and suddenly this is uh it's it's been all worth it and the Mm. the signings that we're going to make in the summer um you know because we don't even know they could make a signing like Kane Wilson they could sign him for 200 grand 
and then all of a sudden selling for six to seven million in two years and then it's all paid for but they might not do it might not work out so uh, yeah i understand the concern i it's not so i'm just enjoying the ride as it is and future henry can worry about if there's any issues but i don't think future henry will have to worry the, the other thing is that they are investing in things that will yield more money down the line so things like the uh, advertising boards that are going to run around the middle of the um uh, of, of the of the pitch like the bigger uh, screen that everybody's been clamoring for not just because you want to be able to see the highlights and such like at half time we're talking about because you'll be able to sell different types of adverts and make that worth its while you're going to make money down the line so a lot of the stuff they're doing is being invested in now so they can get more money down the line so again they increase their profits the hospitality i think is another thing that they're really interested in in drilling down into because the hospitality offers have been poor in the last uh, 10 years let's say, at Bolton, compared to a lot of other clubs of similar size. So that's something they're drilling into. Um, I, I could probably talk all day about this. It's probably dry for a podcast, but I'm, I'm really interested in seeing this kind of game plan pan out. And I, I share your I share your thoughts on the, the concept of it, Roger, but I, I just think these guys are too smart for it not to work out. I hope I never prove wrong, but touching wood there um let's have the second one and a final one from chris c um there's a saying in basketball that you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take and it feels like by ignoring players like alfie main called stockton this summer we're setting ourselves up for failure if we want to go up automatically i rate down charles and he worked hard for the goals he scored last season he needs help and didn't get it with the players brought in by ian everett during january shola shortai disappeared after about 90 good minutes dan and Lundelu looked okay victor adabiejo has impressed me and cameron jerome is nowhere near it that's just my opinion as you said in last week's pod by having bud varson back it will be massive he will score goals if we can keep him fit but i worry that if we don't sign may when he's clearly being sold by cheltenham that derby uh, barnsley or worse still wigan will walk up and guarantee themselves a 20 goal a season striker stockton falls into the same category now that was obviously written before he signed for Burton and um, what do you boys think have Bolton got enough goals in the squad without signing more strikers that's from Chris C now obviously we've, we've answered a bit of that um, but Alfie May in particular I want to get your thoughts on that Henry because uh, I talked to a couple of weeks ago about you know I, I think he's a different type of striker than Bolton have got at the minute he's he's, he's slightly more creative he, he likes to drop into different pockets and such like I don't see Bolton necessarily having that type of player. Would would you like to see him at Bolton? Um, well, first of all, I've got to say sorry again to Cameron Jerome because before when I read the strikers out, I forgot about him, which I've done a few <laughs> times. Um, but uh, I, I I think the, the thing with Alfie May is it's similar to um, it, it's similar to what we. I've had we call Stockton and these players are a flavours of the month and yeah you mm. do look in the you, I think these players you look at them as being um, a um, you look at them as being a in a smaller team with respect to those teams Markham and Cheltenham and think well they're scoring goals for them that means they, they're brilliant but the thing we've got is that you can't guarantee it's totally different. It's a different style of play that Bolton play to both of those sides. And also, um, it's a different atmosphere. 
you know, you don't know, but some players might not like being, they might thrive in being the underdogs. They mm. might thrive in, they, you know, the way that those teams are playing against Bolton, for example. And let's face it, Cole Stockton and Alfie May, I, I think Alfie May scored a couple of goals when we played Cheltenham at home uh, and drew 2-2 when Savimichi scored. But other than that, I, I don't think he's, I mean, I may be wrong, but I don't think he's done much against Bolton, you know, in the games that we play. Cole Stockton, I don't think has. But um, they might thrive in being that sort of hitting teams on the break or, you know, having to... Whereas with playing for Bolton, it's a totally different situation because you, you're you going to have more chances. Now, I can I understand the argument that, oh, well, if they have more chances, they'll score more goals. But there's more pressure on, you know, these teams. Cheltenham could lose at home to Northampton and... They'll, they'll be unhappy, but there's no pressure on it. Bolton do it, and we're doing a podcast dedicated to how how bad they were. Mm, you know, yeah. like, it's it's a totally different pressure. So, for me, yes, those players are good players, and they're good in this league. But again, it's Alfie May. Alfie May is not a... He's a, he's a small guy, and he's... You know, he's, if we got promoted, Alfie May could score 20 this season. But is he going to... Is he going to play well with Dion Charles? Possibly not. Be very similar. Um, and also, is he going to then do it in a championship? Probably not. So uh, I guess the club might look and think, well, Dan Mundalu and Adi Biejo are two players that we think, looking at how teams play in the championship, we think that those two will be a good players in the championship. Uh, whereas they might look at Alfie May and go, mm, I don't think he's going to work in the championship. So... Yeah, it depends what you want. You know, I guess Derby might be a team that are looking and, you know, Wigan traditionally have done this as well. They don't want to be in League One for for long. Wigan have have brought players in to get them out of League One and then they end up back in it in 12 months. Derby, they're they're similar to like Sheffield Wednesday last year. They don't want to be in this league. Mm. So maybe they'll look at an Alfie May and go, let's sign him, he'll get his 20 goals and then we can sell him in in 18 months when he scores two in the championship. Mm. Yeah. Whereas Bolton look at it different. I don't know. That's just my thoughts on it. If we signed Alfie May, then great. But I, I don't know whether he would fit us. I, I, I totally accept. That. I, I think, I, I rate him. I think he's a very good player. I do, I do think he's like I said, top there. I think he's slightly different to what Bolton have got now. But there may be def- better aged options. I mean, Alfie May is twenty nine. You mentioned him there. He's five foot nine. Maybe there's strikers with more physicality that that would suit the blend better I, I definitely think Lundelou's worth another look um, his former uh, former strike partner um, at, at Cheltenham um, now May scored lots of goals you've got to remember of course he started off at, at, in non-league football and went on to Doncaster didn't really catch fire he didn't really have that much success at Doncaster went on to Cheltenham and that's where he's he's kind of made himself I totally accept your point that you can look a lot better player in a team that's basically built around you as, as Alfie May and Cheltenham have done in the past few years um, no I think it's interesting I mean whether or not with Michael Duff going to a new club whether or not he just uh, dip in there and or theoretically going to a new club I won't scare your in-laws too much but theoretically going um, maybe he decides to dip back in there as you say Derby I still think Wigan Wigan will be in a position where they have to get players that are for sale um, even if they have to pay slightly over the odds this summer that's the situation they find themselves in and Bolton have been in that position without the without the money or the embargo on top of them with the, with the money and <laughs> with the embargo rather on top of them 
Um, so it won't be easy for them. Um, I I don't think we'll see much of Alfie May personally at Bolton, is the bottom line. And it is also the bottom line of uh, this week's Extra Long podcast because, well, I don't want to do any more. Basically, I don't just don't want to don't want to talk anymore. Um, we've done we've done two back to back. It's nearly lunchtime and I've got a paper to fill. But I have enjoyed it, Henry. It's good to have you back. Thank you. It's good to be back. And uh, well, until next Friday when we'll be bringing you all the transfer gossip, all the transfer news, everything that has and hasn't happened or might be about to happen. We'll be bringing you loads of stuff from the weekend, by the way, in all the Legends game at Atherton Coles. Please make an effort to come down and support that one. It's going to a very good cause. But until that point in time, I've been Mark. Can't wait to see Big Sam Isles. <laughs> and I've been Henry. I promise I'll be back next week and not on another adventure, Hewitt. And this has been The Buff.